0: Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com/slash CNN for a $1 per month trial.
1: Welcome to the Sunday edition of CNN Five Things. I'm David Rind.
0: Are you on the sidewalk?
1: Crowds always gather outside the Supreme Court before major arguments, but on Wednesday, you could tell that protesters on both sides were especially charged up. That's because the court heard oral arguments in a case that could fundamentally reshape women's constitutional right to an abortion. It's a huge, huge moment. So let's spend five minutes with CNN Supreme Court reporter Ariane De Vogue. She was in the room during these arguments. Before we get there though, can you give us a quick refresher on Roe versus Wade? Because that's really what seemed to be at issue here. What exactly did that ruling say?
0: Right. Absolutely. Remember, Roe, it was decided back in 1973. Back then, the justices knew how fraught this issue was. And then Justice Harry Blackmun, he came out with that 7-2 opinion. He struck down a strict Texas law and he declared that the 14th Amendment protects a right to privacy and that includes a woman's right to end a pregnancy before fetal viability. That's when a fetus can survive outside the womb. And he set up this trimester system. In the first trimester, the decision was uh, between the woman and her doctor. Uh, In the second trimester, the state had a little bit more ability to regulate, but then in that third trimester, after fetal viability, uh, the state could ban abortion, except for the life or uh, health of uh, the woman. So that's where that was the law of the land, and it stood uh, until 1992. The United States Supreme Court delivered its long-awaited ruling in a Pennsylvania abortion case today. It in this case, that was called Planned Parenthood v. Casey. By a close 5-4 vote, the court partly reaffirmed and partly weakened Roe v. Wade. The heart of it was a compromise written by three moderately conservative justices. That case, it got rid of that trimester system, but it reaffirmed the core holding of Roe, that there was a right to an abortion under the Constitution. Justice O'Connor said the opinion recognized the right of the woman to choose to have an abortion without undue interference from the state. The court went out of its way back then to say one of the main reasons it was reaffirming the core holding of Roe v. Wade is because it had already been on the books for so long. Hmm. that's a legal term called stare decisis. And they said it's important for the court to be consistent. And uh, they really relied upon that in that opinion.
1: Right. So... That kind of brings us to the case the court heard on Wednesday out of Mississippi, and this would ban most abortions at 15 weeks. So, what were both sides saying here?
0: We will hear argument this morning in case 191392, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. Well, it's so interesting. When Mississippi asked the Supreme Court to hear this case, it didn't directly ask. To overturn Roe v. Wade. Hmm. And then the Supreme Court agreed to take up the case. And then in its opening briefs, it really upped the ante the state and said, look,
1: Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey haunt our country.
0: In order to uphold our law, you really do have to free. overturn uh, Roe v. Wade and Casey.
1: They poison the law. They've choked off compromise.
0: So the lower courts, both the lower courts, struck down the law, said, look, it is uh, contradictory to Roe v. Wade. Mississippi's ban on abortion two months before viability is flatly unconstitutional under decades of precedent. The last remaining abortion clinic in the state... Uh, challenged the law, and the thrust of its arguments before the Supreme Court was how long Roe v. Wade and Casey had been on the books. Two generations have now relied on this right, and one out of every four women makes the decision to end a pregnancy. Roe v. Wade is almost 50 years old, and a lawyer for the clinic said women have come to rely on this for years and years and years, and you can't just suddenly change course. To avoid profound damage to women's liberty, equality, and the rule of law, the court should affirm.
1: Okay, so how did the justices respond to those arguments?
0: You heard John Roberts talking a lot about that viability line. So, viability, it seems to me, doesn't have anything to do with choice. Um, uh, but if it really is an issue about choice, why is 15 weeks not enough time? You, for for a few reasons, Your Honor. First, and he seems to suggest, look, we could allow states to ban abortion earlier and not have to deal with whether or not to overturn Roe v. Wade. And there are states that have banned. Well, I know, but I'd like to focus on the 15-week ban because that's. Not a dramatic departure from uh, viability. He really wanted the court just to deal with the viability line and nothing else. Hmm. And it sure didn't seem to interest uh, the conservative justices on the court. Justice Brett Kavanaugh, another one of uh, President Trump's nominees. And uh, I want to ask a question about stare decisis. uh, He was interesting to see because he even ticked off all the times uh, the court has overturned precedent in the past. Brown v. Board, uh, outlawed separate but equal. Uh, Baker v. Carr,
1: which set the stage for one
0: person. What would you say your position today is on a woman's right to choose?
1: Well, as a judge.
0: As a judge. And if you look back at his confirmation hearings, because those were recent, he went out of his way then to talk on and on about how Roe was settled president, how Casey was settled president.
1: Been reaffirmed many times, Casey is precedent on precedent.
0: But you see that a lot in confirmation hearings. You Hmm. see judges uh, talking about how important precedent is. But once you get on the Supreme Court, of course, you can vote to overturn precedent.
1: Hmm. What about the liberal side? They seem, from my view anyways, much more skeptical about overturning such longstanding precedent.
0: Yeah. Justice Sonia Sotomayor, who in many ways seems to be um, trying to step into the shoes of the late liberal icon, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she was the most forceful at oral arguments. Um, The sponsors of this bill, the House bill in Mississippi, said we're doing it because we have new justices. She said that if the court were to overturn Roe now, it would look political. Will this institution survive the stench that this creates in the public perception? And then Justice Elena Kagan, she seemed a little muted during oral arguments. And that's likely because uh, behind the scenes for weeks, the justices have been dealing with another law. This was a Texas law that bans abortion at six weeks. And so far, the justices have allowed that to remain in effect. Behind the scenes, she's probably working to, from her perspective, try to contain the damage. And she hopes Hmm. in the weeks and the months that come that they won't take the big step and overturn Roe v. Wade, and they might somehow try to limit the opinion. And that might be why uh, she wasn't uh, asking a lot of questions uh, on the bench.
1: Mm, That's that's fascinating. So, taking all that into account, if we're reading the tea leaves like you you do all the time when we have these cases, what is the future of Roe v. Wade and, and abortion rights in this country?
0: After oral arguments, it seemed that Roe v. Wade is in danger. If not now, in a case that will come up soon afterwards. And that means that if Roe v. Wade, when and if it is overturned, nearly half the country pretty quickly will ban abortion. And that means we'll see uh, that there's no right to abortion in large swaths of the South hmm. and uh, the Midwest. That's a real change.
1: Hmm, yeah, we'll be looking for a decision in this case next spring, early summer. All right, Ariane Vogue covering the Supreme Court for us, as always. Thank you. Thank you. After the break, Remain in Mexico is back on. Welcome back. Here's a little of what's happening this week. Biden administration officials say the so-called Remain in Mexico policy will be reinstated this week. This is the policy that sends non-Mexican migrants trying to gain asylum in the U.S. back across the southern border, where they wait for their cases to be reviewed in court. The news comes after both countries said they had reached an agreement on conditions under which Mexico would accept the migrants. The Biden administration formally ended the Trump-era policy in June, but a federal judge blocked its implementation in August, saying the termination violated a procedural law. And another group of tourists are heading to the edge of space this week aboard a Blue Origin rocket, and they're bringing along a pretty giant guest. Good Morning America co-anchor and pro football Hall of Famer Michael Strahan will join five other passengers on the quick suborbital flight scheduled for Thursday, which will take off and touch down in the Texas desert. All right, that's it for us. This episode was produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Rind. Our production manager is Matt Dempsey. Our senior producer is Mohamed Darwish, our supervising producer is Greg Peppers, and the executive producer of CNN Audio is Megan Marcus. Talk to you later.